Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. Okay. We won't go around the room, but uh, uh, glad you guys are here this morning. So uh, like Pastor Alex said, we are continuing this message series, Running on Empty. We did look at reading the Bible last week, and now we are looking at, as you can see on the screen, peace and chaos. You you can kind of think about that in your own life of when you are uh, at peace, or maybe you're like, when was the last time I was at peace? Um, and so there's, there's world definitions, you know, sometimes it's accumulating more stuff, but you, you realize if you, if you go that route that sometimes that stuff breaks or falls apart or you lose it or it's not, a, not what you thought it would be. And so we want to look at really like lasting peace in the middle of chaos. And so our world, you can look around and say, oh, there's chaos in the world. Um, and some, you know, there's a lot that's out of our control, but then uh, maybe in your sphere of stewardships and circle of influences as well, uh, maybe there's chaos. There's just things that aren't going right, whether it's relationships or finances or work or, you know, you can fill in the blank. And so we really want to look at how to connect to uh, the source that really brings lasting peace. Um, We just sang about it in a couple songs. um, And so we want to dig into that this morning. So I'm I'm glad that you all are here. There is a listening guide inside uh, the program there. You're welcome to follow along. There's also an additional handout today. I don't want you to think, oh, the sermon's twice as long because there's two handouts. The other one is one that you can check out later. We may uh, briefly look at it toward the end today. But um, several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to West Africa with a group of guys to shoot videos for a hospital in Niger, which is north of Nigeria, south of Libya. And one thing I realized pretty early on in this trip is that water is a really big deal. There are people hospitalized because they're dehydrated, like they're going to the hospital because and they're trying to figure out what's wrong, and they're like, oh, you, don't, you need more water. And you see people in the village going to wells, and they're pulling you know, water out of the well, and their whole days are spent in survival. And you know, if you know the stats about water, and I kind of do, but I'm not like a water expert, but um, three to four days a person can go without water before you die, maybe a little longer depending on the circumstances, but you're not lasting very long without water. And the people in these villages understood that uh, we'll spend our days getting to these wells, getting the water out, getting the water back to where we live uh, to cook or eat with because we have to survive. And it was a very um, eye-opening thing for me. You know, there. You could take a bath. That wasn't a category for them because water was so precious, you were surviving with it. You're not necessarily cleaning yourself off isn't the priority, but eating and getting the water and, and the food in you so that you can actually survive. And so you had to be connected to that pipeline of water and whatever it took. You would walk, you would walk, you would walk, you would walk, you would draw out the water and you would carry that back. And if that was your whole day, well, get some rest because next day you got to do it all over again. So... When I think of that, I also think about in wartime, uh, what an enemy, what, what, what one side wants to do to their enemy is cut them off from supplies. If they can cut them off from water, food, or weapons, they have an opportunity to either uh, beat them or kill them. Like either, either you're going to be defeated and do what we want you to do, or you're going to be dead, and then it won't matter anyway. And so there's this picture throughout life, and you and I know these things, that uh, if, we are conne- if we are disconnected from a supply of power, uh, we wither and we die and things don't go well. So spiritually, that connection is, is prayer. 
we are actually connected to the living God who can give us power and help and, and real peace in the chaos, not just uh, a distraction for the day to, to numb us from the trouble that we find ourselves in and these relationships that are hard or these, uh, the work situations or the finances or the unknown future or the sicknesses or all of those things, but there's actually real peace. And that's one thing I hope we can do today is take it from the Bible is true to yes, it is, and it's also real, and it really will help me now in what I'm going through. And prayer, God, as we connect to him through prayer, we can find real help, not only for our own life, but what that does in my experience is it gives me power and strength to help other people. And that's what we want to do. We really want to be outward focused and looking how we can bless other people. And we're connected to the right pipeline and the right source, the source of life. We can really get a lot done. Uh, you may have heard this quote before that prayer doesn't uh, prepare us for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Have you ever found that to be true? Like you battle just to pray and not to fall asleep or get distracted or check your phone or whatever it is. It's just we live in a busy world and to just get alone and to pray is the battle and then we, we can start engaging in God, but that's hard. Uh, this, this verse is not on your listening guide, but I want to mention it briefly. It's three words long. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. The only other thing we do in life without ceasing is breathe. Even when we're asleep, we're breathing, thankfully, right? Um, or, or we got problems. Uh, and so the, the picture here is that if we are to pray and never stop praying and go through our days in a conversation with God and asking him for help and being connected continually to this pipeline, uh, it, it's, it's this picture of we need this. We need this like we need water, and we need this, this access to God. And thankfully, we have that access, and that's, that's kind of where I want to start today. And you'll see the, the first point on your listening guide is because of Christ's sacrifice, we can be connected to the living God. And what we're going to look at this morning is not just how to pray, which there, you'll see some of that in there, but really we want to look at the why. Because for me, uh, and you may be the same, if I don't know why I'm doing something, or, or you, you got to sell me on it. Like, why would I do this? Why would I invest my money here? Why would I eat this food? I have never seen this food before, so, so make this appealing to me in your description. You know, that kind of thing. So give me a why. And if we don't have this, there may not be a reason to pray or a reason to pray to the living God. People pray to all kinds of things that don't have power or, or real help. Um, so because of Christ's sacrifice, we can be connected to the living God. Um, the world will tell us that uh, you, you believe in yourself, you follow your dreams, uh, trust yourself. That actually all leads to more chaos. Um, and so you get messages in culture and in movies and in media that say, oh, yeah, you got to chase your dreams and you got to believe in yourself. Well, people have been doing that for generations. And take a look around. They're not more peaceful because there isn't peace in that. There is peace found in here. So let's look at uh, Titus. And you'll see these verses uh, on the screen. You'll also see them in your listening guide. want to look at these as we get started this morning. Titus chapter 3, verses uh, 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, 
by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There's a lot in there, a whole lot. Um, one of the first things I want to look at here is that, I mean, it, at the end of the day, there's just a better way than doing things ourselves and trusting ourselves. And it starts with when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. We serve a good and a loving God, and he reached out to us. We sang about that already this morning, that God reached out to us. And if you're like me, sometimes I think I can, I can find peace by doing stuff, even going to church or attending a meeting or a seminar, a seminar or a Bible study. Um, and if I'm doing these things, uh, then God looks at me with favor and then life will go well because like I, I gave God something he wants, now he's gonna give me something I want. But that's actually not the truth. That's not how it works. In fact, it's very clear in the third line there on the screen, uh, not because of works done by us in righteousness, no matter what we do, that isn't impressive to God. And by that, I mean that does not restore that relationship. That does not connect us back to the power source that we need connected to in order to find true, lasting peace in life. The only way that we're connected to God again is through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, the grace of God is something that's it's unmerited favor. It's something that we didn't deserve. We, we are sin, earth, and we are broken. And because of that, we can't reconnect without something just being done on our behalf. And if you don't like to take gifts, this is a hard thing to understand. If you're the person that's like, no, I'm fine. Where do you get, where do you get in for his birthday? Hey, he doesn't want anything. I don't need anything. You know, I'll, I'll buy my own stuff. You know, if, if you just have a hard time accepting thanks or gifts, Something like this can be very difficult because you want to know that you have done something to earn the favor of the living God, but he created you, so you were already loved by him. So that's, that's the thing. But we're sinners. I, I had an aunt die early yesterday morning, and um, I texted her. Three days ago was her birthday. I texted her on her birthday, and she said, I'll see you soon because my family and I are, are heading out of state to see family soon. And that was the, the last thing she said. And so there's some sadness there. And then I think about my mom, that's her sister. And I think about my cousins, that's their mother. And there's just a lot of, a lot of sadness, you know, when you lose somebody. And it reminded me that this, these verses aren't just true, but they're real. Because the Bible says the wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. And every time someone dies, we're like, this, this isn't just true. This is real. Like, we all have to pay the price. We, we all die. But the actual price has been paid by Christ, which means my aunt, her, her life is not over. And your, your life and my life, we get our 70, 90 years or whatever it may be on this earth. She was 82, and she'd had health issues. It wasn't a super surprise, but sad. As you know, whenever you lose somebody, that's sad. But because of Christ, um. There is hope. So now this thing, the death and loss and the stuff that you and I deal with that is so real and so sad and hurts so much, that's not the final answer. It's not over. There's actually hope. We've been connected to the living God. We've been forgiven for our sins, and now we can live 
in, 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 the, in the peace and the help that God gives. And there really is peace in loss. I mean, there's difficult things you go through, difficult things I go through, and God, because of Christ, can, can bring us that peace. So let's look at these. There's some things here that I think will be helpful, but without knowing those verses in Titus, that uh, how do we connect to the pipeline, we're kind of lost. It's like if you don't have a way to get to the water and to, to draw the water out, if you're disconnected from the source, um, then, then you lose life. So the pipeline is actually the person of Jesus Christ. That connects us. So if you haven't committed your life to Christ, I just want to encourage you to consider um, the, the gift of, of salvation that he's provided today. So now we're motivated, right? What is the why? Why do I follow Christ? Well, you may have heard it growing up in church. Uh, it, 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 in some circles, you, you do things because you don't want to go to hell or you're guilty for your sin. So you feel like, well, if I do these things, maybe I won't feel as guilty or maybe it'll keep me out of hell. But actually the motivation for us as followers of Jesus is the grace of God. I want to follow Jesus and I want to love him and serve others because he's been so good. He's been so good to me. So why pray? The first one on your listening guide is gratitude. I'm thankful. And, and I would encourage you to do that even this week, just to list things that you're thankful for. Because if you're like me, if you came up to me and said, Joel, tell me five things that are going wrong in your life, I could probably make a list pretty quick, quicker than you could finish the question. But the things that we're grateful for, that we're thankful for, sometimes we're like, yeah, that's good. That was, yeah, that's, that's going well. Well, yeah, it is going well. So just stop there and, and thank God for what it is, for, for what he's done. James 1.17, it's not in your listening guide, but you can write down that reference. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from a, it comes down uh, from above, from the Father of lights. And the verse goes on, but it's like, if you have something that is going well, that you're thankful for, whether it's your, your health, maybe you're not as healthy as you have been, but you are here. And, and you are functioning, and there are things that God, God can do through you, uh, be grateful for it. And so why pray? Because there's a lot to be thankful for. And who, who would you thank but the source of those blessings? Thank the living God. Now, this is also, like I said at the beginning, what, what's being worked in here is the how, which is, okay, how sh- I don't even know how to pray. Well, you could start with gratitude. Start with thanking God for things. Okay, and then the next one here you'll see, is praise. So this is different from just thanking God, but maybe you want to praise God just for who he is. You and I have access to the creator of the universe because of Christ's death and resurrection. That's a big deal. And God is a loving God. We looked at in Titus, and he is kind to us. And so we can praise him not for what he's done. We can thank him for what he's done, but we want to praise him just for who he is. Have you ever had somebody that you like hanging out with, and it's like, I just like being with them. We don't even have to do anything, really, or do much at all. I just like being with them. Well, that's the CIA. It's like, God, you are a good God, and I just want to be with you, and I want to praise you for who you are. I think we got a verse here, too. Yeah, Psalm 1611. Let's take a look at this one. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So if you're following along in the listening guide and you've got a pen, I'm gonna, I want you to circle three words here. The first one is life. You make known to me the path of life. Uh, the second word is joy. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And then the last uh, word is pleasures. 
Anybody not interested in those things in your life? Is anyone not interested in life, joy, or pleasure? Yeah, my hand's not up. I'm interested in all three of those things. And what the scripture is saying is, God, you make known to me the path of life, not the path of existence, not the path of survival, not the path of just getting by, but the path of life. The creator knows what life is because he created life. He created us. So we want to be connected to that source. And we want to praise him because he is the author of that life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. So fullness is exactly that. It's, not, it's a little joy. It's, it's fullness of joy. And that can be experienced in the presence of God, getting alone with him and just praising him for who he is. And at your right hand, there are pleasures. What, for a day? Mm, forevermore. It's a long time. So all of, it's all covered here. We can praise God because he makes known to us the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we have hope. We have connection. Praise him for that. So we can be thankful. We can praise God. Let's continue on here. I want to kind of cover this list. Um, confession. So that's not fun. Um, but you and I, we, we mess up. Like I said, the, the first um, man and woman sinned in the Garden of Eden, and all of us have put our stamp of approval on that ever since then. We've all rebelled and gone our own way. We've, we've all thought, I've got a better idea than you, God. It's, and that's why we need a Savior. So let's look at uh, Romans 10, 9. I think we have it up here, yes. Uh, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there, that's where the connection starts. If you, if you don't pray and you haven't committed your life to Christ, may this be your first prayer. God, I want to enter into that relationship. Um, you confess with your mouth and say, you are God, I am not. I cannot do enough. There's no righteous works that are going to impress you or reconnect me to you. I have to accept the gift of Christ, his death and his resurrection, which means he beat death, which is many people's greatest fear, and it's, it's been conquered. So we can actually live in confident faith and victory because of what Christ has done. So confessing with our mouth, that, that starts the relationship with God. Now let's look at another uh, verse on confession in James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Um, so this picture here of confession is uh, including other people in your life. Now, now, you don't confess everything to everyone. There's, there's not wisdom in that. But you find people that you can trust to say, hey, I, I need some help with this. I'm not figuring a way around this. I can't do it on my own. I actually want to bring this to the light because I'm struggling with it. Will you help me? And, and pray. And then there, there's, very much, there's a lot of healing when things are brought to the light. It, it's not necessarily fun all the time, of course, but there's a lot of healing. So confession is another why. Why would we pray? Well, when I confess something, the air is clean. Have you ever had a, an, an argument with someone or a, a disagreement, and you sit down out of the heat of the moment, and you clear it up, and, and it's like life comes back to the relationship, and you feel like you can exhale, and it's like, oh, this is, this is much cleaner. It's better than sweeping it under the rug, which you may come from a family where there's a, the rug's pretty high now, just generations of swept stuff. 
you know, and, and it can be really hard. But as you learn to confess your sins to God and then include other people that you trust that can maybe help you work through stuff so that you're not doing this alone, um, you can find real healing and real help. But this can be, uh, as you pray, this could be a daily thing. I try to, uh, in my quiet times, quiet times, just another word of like getting alone with God, um, whatever you, you may call that, but um, I try to confess daily, like, or, or God, bring to my mind if there's something I need to clear up that I just overlooked in my busyness and my hastiness throughout the day, uh, misspoke or was unkind or harsh with my words or whatever, and, and God has been faithful throughout my life to, to uh, bring things to my attention, and, and, and my relationships have gone sweeter. You know, they really are. They're, they're just much, much better. So confession is another one. So let's keep working through these whys. Um, concern for others, also uh, intercession, intercessory prayer, you're praying for others. Often this is one we gravitate to, right? How's it going? Well, you could pray for, you know, my, you fill in the blank, your family members. Um, I was texting family members yesterday, obviously, with this death in my family, and I'm praying, you know, for you as you go through this time, and we're kind of all going through this time, but some people are obviously my cousins who lost their mother. It's it's a different different impact than it is on, uh, you know, me, but this idea of I'm praying for you, and you probably have, you know, people that you're praying for consistently. There may be other people that God brings to mind. I would encourage you uh, to create some sort of a list to where you can reference these things. There's things that God placed on my heart I think as a seventh or eighth grader, friends that I've been praying for, and I'm I'm long from junior high now, guys. It's been a while, so we're talking decades of praying for people, um, because God put them on my heart, and He hasn't stopped. So I have to, I have to believe He's working there, and I don't know how, and He didn't ask me to figure that out either. But He does He does prompt you to pray, and sometimes writing those things down and seeing how God works. I've done that with my wife. I, I, somebody in my, I think in junior high said, you should pray for your wife. I'm like, well, I don't know who that is. I'm a kid. But I did start praying. And then, um, and I have a wife, and I have a great wife. We just celebrated 22 years of marriage. Um, way to go, Emily. Thank you, God. Um, but, and then also at that time, I started praying for my kids, who I didn't know because I didn't even have a wife. But, uh, and then God's given us kids. And I've been praying, I don't know if my kids know this, but I've been praying for my kids' spouses for a long time. And the people that are raising those spouses. <laughs> and, and oh man, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> We're going to move past this quick. Okay, um, but the idea here is pray for others and, and make a list and see how God is faithful throughout the years. All right, let's go on. All right, here we go. Petition. And this is, this is another one too, concern for ourselves. And it's, it's okay to pray for yourselves. It's right to pray for yourselves. God bring things to your attention. Um, there may be things you need to pray for about yourself. Just uh, maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a health situation. You know, we, you, you pr- figuring out your own prayer list probably isn't hard um, because we're always thinking, you know, we're, we're, that's our bent, you know, our, our self. And that's, honestly, that's how depression can have, happen too because we get so me-focused. What you can do, though, is you get me-focused is turn those into prayers. God, I'm really like stuck on this, and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Will you help me? And in my experience, God helps me. And that's also the value of bringing in other people, you know, into the community of believers. That's why we have church. That's why we do life together, because God didn't design us to live uh, isolated. Um, So this is another one, uh, prayer 
for ourselves. Now, there's a, there's a man named Richard Foster, and he had some ideas that I wanted to share with you on uh, why have a daily quiet time. And you'll see that on the listening guide there. So I want to walk through this. Uh, and again, like I said, the quiet time is just getting alone with God. Um, we talked last week about reading the Bible, and today we're talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer and why pray. And those are kind of two key things that you'll find that you're doing in a quiet time. So the first thing is it pleases the Lord. When our kids were little, we had some mentors say, you know, just remind them the reason we're doing stuff is because it makes Jesus happy. It's a very simple thing. We're like, hey, make Jesus happy, or we're making Jesus happy. And then, of course, kids say why. And so you have to, like, explain that over time. But one thing, it's just the, the, the picture there and the framework there was that's a good thing to do in life is to please the Lord. And we want to do that. You know, as your parents, we want to do that. We want you to see that pleasing the Lord is there's really help and there's value and, and peace comes from doing the right thing. As we talk about peace and chaos, it really comes from, from doing the right thing. And so getting along with God, that, that makes God happy. And making the creator of the universe happy is a cool thing to do. All right, so let's look at the next one. The next one we're going to spend some more time on in just a moment, but we receive benefits. I'll talk about those benefits in just a little bit. And then let's look at uh, Jesus had a quiet time. Um, Pastor Alex talked about the Sabbath a few weeks ago and just taking time to uh, rest. God created uh, the world and, uh, and in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Now, God wasn't tired. He, he doesn't get tired. So he rested to set an example for you and I that there's wisdom in resting. And, and like, likewise, Jesus had a quiet time. Um, Jesus was perfect. And so he had a quiet time to set an example for you and I that this matters. And he would get up early, and he would get alone, and he would fight for that time. And some days were really long and really late, but he made a priority to get alone with God because it mattered. You and I find the time to do what you and I want to do. Had a mentor say, it's not that we don't love God, it's just we love other things a little bit more. So for this, you want to start carving out that time to get alone with God and do these things that we've talked about. Express gratitude, praise him for who he is, confess the sins, pray for others, pray for yourself. There's real value in this and seeing what, what God does. Um, so, a few of the benefits, we can talk about these now, of a quiet time. Uh, information, you get, you learn. You learn maybe about the character of God and how he worked through different situations throughout history, and you see kind of how he works. Uh, you learn something about maybe yourself, because the, the Bible can really be a, a mirror, uh, and it reflects, and it's like, oh, that's me. You know, I see me in that proverb or that story. And as you pray to God, he can, he can speak to you. This is the, the Holy Spirit to get our attention about things. So uh, one of the benefits is information. Let's look at the next one here. Uh, encouragement. You read something that speaks to you right where you are. And like we, we mentioned last week, the, the Word of God is living and active. So, so God's Scripture is always relevant. And then as you pray, He can speak to you, and, and you gain encouragement just from being in His presence. I can't explain it, one, one time when I was in grad school, I worked at a coffee shop, and I was just, you know, those days where you're just like, I'm, I'm off. This isn't going well. I, you just don't, you feel unsettled, and, you know, you get like a half hour 
break, lunch break, and lunch could be whenever you're working, nine at night, whatever. But um, and I, so I walked a couple of blocks or a few blocks home to my apartment, and I was like, I'm just gonna pray. And I just I just prayed through my lunch break, and then I got up from my apartment. I walked back to the coffee shop, and my coworkers like, Joel, did you, did you go home and change clothes? And I was like. Mm, no. And I thought about that. I've thought about that for years because the only thing I did was go home and pray for 30 minutes and get back up and walk back to work. And she said, you know, something's different about you. And it was one of those moments where you get encouragement just from spending time with God. Like, I don't know, maybe it changes. It, it does change your countenance. I do know that because I've gotten up from prayer and you probably have to where you're just, you just feel encouraged and you feel like you, you have the power and the strength you need to get after the things you need to get after. So uh, this is another benefit, encouragement. Let's look at the other one, uh, power. And we, we talked last week about how reading Scripture can, can uh, strengthen your resolve. Uh, you, you get power from being connected to the source. When you get water, when you get food, you have strength to do the work you need to do. When you plug in through prayer to the living God, you have power that you will not have on your own. And I have power that I will not have on my own. Have you ever done things after you prayed and you're like, I did not know how I was going to get through that day? And you look back and you're like, mm, I'm still here. Got through it. And you got through it well with excellence. That happens because of, our, our, because of the living God and the power we get from him. And so we, I, it excites me to have access to God, a God who is really willing and ready to spend time with us. All right, let's look at the, the next one there. Uh, pleasure. Uh, you can actually enjoy spending time with God. And we, we looked at that verse in Psalm 1611 earlier, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This can actually be something enjoyable. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, prayer doesn't prepare us for the battle. It is the battle. It's not always easy to get to prayer. But one of the benefits is of getting alone with God is, is pleasure. All right. Let's look at Ephesians 5. 15 through 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This uh, verse is talking about walking exactly or being intentional, right? We, we, don't necessarily just fall into spiritual disciplines of reading the Bible and prayer like we're talking about today. Now, there may be times where we pray out loud, you know, when we almost get hit by a car and we've got something to say, you know, but there's the actual discipline of praying and walking exactly, that's, that's intentionality. Now, the opposite of that is haphazard. I think we have a definition of that up here. Uh, haphazard, lacking any obvious principle of organization, so that's like, I don't know, we're just going through life, or I'm going camping this week. Richie's got a camping trip. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, I probably get a D in camping if we're giving out grades. But my sister-in-law who asked me this week, she knew we were going, she goes, are you ready? I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really know, I mean, what do you pack, like a bag of raisins, a pocket knife, and some shampoo? I'm not, if, I don't have like, I don't have it figured out. I've been very haphazard about my camping approach. And uh, thankfully, my, my wife's been a little more intentional. So I think we have stuff to sleep on and the tent. I don't know how thick the walls are in the tent, but hopefully you don't hear me cry if you're on the camp out. Just wondering what's happening. 
But if you're haphazard and you don't have a plan and you just fumble into things, uh, it's probably not a good idea. Um, but the opposite of that is intentionality. Walking, care- look carefully how you walk. Walk exactly because we don't want to get into thought. Well, I can just get through life. No one else does in the sense that advertisers, they're very intentional. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you own a business and you want people to know about your business, you have to find ways to get people's attention and to um, market to them. I mentioned a book. Pastor Alex has mentioned a book recently called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And um, in that book, he talks about how smartphone designers, their two goals are to distract and addict. So if you have a phone... uh, if they can get you caught up in distraction, you're going to spend more time on that. And if you're addicted and you can't not look at your phone or you need to know where it's at at all times, uh, then they're winning. And they have been very intentional about designing these phones and these apps to do that. If you and I are not intentional about being in control of our time, someone else will be. There are people that are spending a lot of money to figure out how to do that. And so if you say, I'm just going to be haphazard and Well, the Bible says walk carefully, and if we walk carefully, we can find real help and real traction. Um, There's a movie called E.T., you may have heard of it, and in that movie, E.T. eats a candy. You know what that is? Reese's Pieces. Do you know why? Because M&M said no. We don't want an alien eating our candy. So they, they reached out to Reese's Pieces, and me as a kid... You know, growing up in Arkansas, I saw E.T., didn't really care for peanut butter. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Um, I had it on sandwiches, but I wasn't going to eat a peanut butter piece of candy, but I did when E.T. did. Um, And the advertising there was this intentionality, like, if we put this here, we could get a response. Now, M&M's was thinking, an alien eating our candy? I don't think that is good for business. Let's be be intentional about this. If you saw the movie Castaway, uh, Tom Hanks is... He, he works for FedEx. He works for FedEx because UPS said no. UPS is like, mm, our plane crashes in the movie and we don't deliver our mail. I feel like that's probably not the best marketing strategy. Um, so, you know, whatever you see, you know, in a film, uh, on your phone, throughout the course of a day, was intentionally placed there with an idea in mind. Either I get to be in a movie and maybe that will help our sales or maybe that will make our product look good or I'm not going to do that because it may make our product look bad. But intentionality is the way of the world, and as followers of Christ, it should be the way of the way we operate. Walk, look carefully how you walk. What are you spending your time on? Why, if you don't have time to read and pray, what do you have time for? And in my experience, if I carve out that time at the beginning of the day, and it doesn't have to be the beginning, the other things make more sense. There's more clarity or more help to deal with the other things that come up throughout the day. So we want to not be haphazard. See you on the camp out. Um, we want to be intentional. Uh, I want to wrap up with a couple things here. And I mentioned that there's a guide inside the, inside the um, program. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But just, just like the water that I mentioned, we need it for our physical needs. We need prayer for our spiritual life and to give us the power that we need and the help that we need. And I, I really encourage you, if you haven't committed your life to Christ, to consider that, and you can mark that on your connection card. You can talk to myself, Pastor Cameron, Pastor Alex, uh, people here at Ridgeview uh, to nail that down because that is the beginning of the relationship to be connected to this pipeline. 
Um, real quick, let's just look. If you're stuck and you're like, I don't know where to start, you'll, you'll see this handout in your program today, How to Have a Quiet Time. And you see it's broken down into 10 minutes. Um, and so I'm not going to read through all this, but you'll see what do I read. If that's one of your questions, there's some suggestions for you. But what do I write? And you'll see an acrostic. Maybe you just want to ask, is there a sin to confess? You know, uh, is, is there a promise to claim? And that's specifically referring to, if you read a verse, what, what, is, what is being uh, presented in this verse? Is it a promise? Is it something uh, that I uh, can sin to confess, etc.? And then on the back, you'll see, uh, what do you pray? I've given you some in the other listening guide today, but there's some here, like adoration, which is similar to praise, uh, confession, giving thanks, and supplication. And then they define those uh, there on the, on the bottom of the sheet. So I, I would encourage you to take that with you today, and that may be helpful as well. Um, just getting traction uh, to find peace in this chaos. Is there chaos? Yes. Is there peace? As much as you need, as you connect to the living God. You will have everything that you need, and you can navigate the rowdiest, troublest, those aren't even words. I never use that word again this year, sorry. But the, the most difficult, I can't promise that. What if I use it? Anyways, it's not your problem. The, I, the, the bottom line is, whatever trouble you're in, there is enough peace for. God is able and he is available. Uh, I would like to invite the uh, band up as we look at the next steps. There's a few next steps, and, and we do these every week just to give you a category of some things you could, the next thing that maybe you could do in your relationship with God or something he's revealed to you today. So the first one here is... Use the quiet time handout. So the one that we just went through, maybe maybe you just use that this week and see see how that goes. And I think it, it, what you're doing, if you don't do this, is starting to build a habit. And they say habits take about 21 days, so it may be something that you just have to battle for. Uh, write out a list of things to be thankful for and thank God for them. And make that list as long, long or, or short as you want, but, but specific things to be thankful for. Identify those. And then finally, uh, memorize Psalm 1611. And we talked about that verse, and it's on your listening guide as well. Um, again, I hope this has been helpful as you uh, look to grow in your relationship with God and get traction and find peace in the chaos. Will you uh, pray with me as we wrap up here? God, thank you for this time today. and pray that you would uh, help us uh, to really uh, lean in to, to you, to really fight for the time and walk intentionally in, in our lives. And we need your help to do this, God, but you are, you are so good, and you have made a way for us because of Jesus you know, through Jesus to you. And so we thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you for that help. And we pray that you would help us to pray and to connect with you uh, daily. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.